Merry Christmas, everybody, and uh, happy Hanukkah. Happy Sony Hacking Holiday. It's really been the greatest movie holiday in the history of Hollywood. Uh, never has a Hollywood studio been pressed by a foreign power to suppress a comedy as hard. And never has the world needed a comedy as much. This, all a symbiosis and an unbelievable painful juncture after all the verdicts or non-verdicts that have gone down and the injustice in the world and the shootings that have been going on to suppress a comedy at this late date simply out of willful hackery. Wow, what a shocking... Nothing was more shocking, really, than finding out 17 people at Sony make over a million dollars a year. How much does it cost to go to a fucking movie now? How many movies could you make for a million dollars? I'm just asking, like, as a general, I don't want anyone to bark out. 16, but five of them would be derivative. Uh... I'm just saying a million dollars by anyone's measure is a lot of clemdolians. And uh, I'm certain there's people with phones in this room that could do a better job with movies than Sony's doing with entire franchises while they argue interscene Balkan squabbling style. This is what led to World War I, by the way. What happens is one of them is shot accidentally in an alley uh, and then the Russians get involved. And it's all going to go to shit in a handbasket. It's nice to see that sexism awesomely maintains its fucking privileged foothold, or cockhold, if you will, on this town. Uh, and that uh, we, we, when anyone, a woman gets nominated for anything that's not hotness of the year, uh, there is a fucking lava meltdown. And of the 17, <coughs> by the way, the director of tonight's movie... <coughs> And thank you. Welcome to the Greg Proops Film Club. The director of tonight's picture, Gregory LaCava, uh, died of alcohol at the age of 59, ladies and gentlemen. So we're here to celebrate that as well. Uh, let's not let the holiday be about one thing. Let's let it be about a lot of things, myriad things. See yourself in the holiday is what I say. Too often people speak of a war on Christmas. As you know, Christmas has been making war on us for ages. Uh, oppressing us, forcing us to be with people we don't like, forcing us into a corner where we overstuff ourselves with candy and, and eggnog and things like that. Things you would eat at no other time of year. Uh, soaked fruit, cake, rum situations. Uh, I, I've had a lot of roca this year. This has been kind of a, an overdose epic roca year for me. Normally flaked nuts on the edge of a toffee-based volcanic shard that creates all manner of havoc in your esophageal area and turns the roof of your mouth into a post-Captain Crunch deluge is nothing to be trifled with when imbibing uh, uh, the quantities that we do at this time of year. I think people drink more this time of year for two reasons. One, it's fun. And two, it helps erase the pain of being with people. Because... I'm joking, of course, but please, what I love about L.A. is that in this fucking toxic cesspit of Hollywood bullshit and unbelievable self-referential and self-serving mania, people take time out to hit on sentimental notes. And that's one of the things I love. When I said it takes the pain of being with people, someone went, oh, Greg, people are nature's algae and they'll grow anywhere. You'll find them under things, on top of things. It's so true. So true. Uh, no, I, I, it's, uh, there's a reason why. Uh, I, I believe it was uh, the group Orleans. <laughs> there's a reason for the sunlit sky, and there's a reason why I'm feeling so high. 
And part of it's the holidays, of course. We're all carried in an emotional wave. I don't know about you, uh, but this is the one two-day period. There's a 48-hour period where I don't actually have to do anything. I should be doing something creative, but instead, I bake at about 6 a.m. You know when you wake up to urinate before you actually get up? I'll get high then. That way, I'm anticipating... That the rest of the day can be a shattered mass of inferences and forgotten things. Uh, I, I, it's important, I think, to disconnect a little bit during the holidays. Uh, there's, like I said, there's pressure. You have to, uh, you have to watch The Hobbit, um, which is a strenuous and part-time job, quite frankly. The Hobbit is so long. I don't know how Peter Jackson took a 150-page fucking book and turned it into the Bhagavad Gita or whatever. How did it get, turn into the epic of Gilgamesh? It's so fucking long. I mean, I, I don't want to spoil the ending. I think they're going to beat the dragon. I mean, I, I don't mean to be Mr. Bummer. If you're listening, then uh, the, the guy who went, oh, before is going to be like, wow. Not only did you say that you shouldn't be with people, now kids are going to cry when they listen to your show. Because so many children get up in the morning and download the Greg Proofs Film Club podcast on their way to school, hoping to catch that coffee episode where we pay tribute to Pam Greer. As you know, my wife picks almost all of the films and has indeed picked this uh, fine selection tonight. It's the 1936 classic by Gregory LaCava called um, My Man Godfrey with uh, Carol Lombard and uh, the irreplaceable William Powell. Now, William Powell in the Thin Man movies, uh, which is a franchise that he uh, ran down with Merloy, and, of course, uh, uh, Asta. I almost said Fala. I almost gave them Franklin Roosevelt's dog, which would have made the movies even more important. Imagine if you made a series of lighthearted comedies where people imbibed and solved crimes, and at the same time, the president's dog was there observing. I think Obama could have had one called Smokey, We Hardly Knew You, or whatever. I don't know what Obama's dog is, but I would have called it Smokey because he keeps pretending he quit. And... Uh, if you can't light up during the ISIS bombardment, when can you fucking light up? Am I right or am I right? If he didn't light up after Eric Garner, I'll be a bobtailed fucking possum. I'm going to go outside for a minute, Michelle. I know what you're doing. Folks, they need help. One thing you know about this Secret Service is not only do they have a light, they have a joint, they also have rock and a hooker. The Secret Service is the most privateering fucking group of ne'er-do-wells that have taken to the seas since the Spanish Main in the 17th century. The only thing distinguishing this group of fucking creeps that are in the Secret Service from the pirates of then is there's less awesome gold earrings. There's more school ties and douchiness and guys named Brick and Dan. Uh, uh, yeah. It's uh, Gregory LaCava. Uh, I, was, I spoke erroneously earlier this year when I said Mike Nichols, who, who uh, is swirling up in the heavens uh, with the Harold Ramis, hopefully concocting a, a, a script of rare wit, um, was, uh, I said was the only uh, famous director that I could think of that started as an improv uh, player in an improv group, right? Because uh, he did. But of course, Harold Ramis had as well. Harold Ramis was a second city. Uh, they did way much more than that. But it's worth to be noted. Uh, uh, why, Greg? Well, in so much as uh, Gregory LaCava uh, liked improvising on, on the set and evidently would show up with lots of ideas. When they made his other greatest picture is probably Stage Door, the most famous picture he made, which is a marvelous motion picture and largely centered around women, as are most all of his movies. He made hundreds of pictures there, or 100 and 
fucking 70-something. Uh, a lot of silent one-reelers and two-reelers. And, and it struck me today that uh, if you were learning your craft uh, in the 20s uh, or the teens in this country, like he did, uh, he'd been an animator, um, you had to make short pictures that were five and ten minutes long. Uh, two-reelers, what, 20? Is it? 15? Uh, 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 but now people work in the same medium, right? If you're working on YouTube and you're working at phone link things where people have the kind of ADD, fantastic, self-absorbed uh, attention spans that we enjoy now, you're working in an even more rigorous medium than the fucking silent filmmakers had to make. Um, their shit was universal. Yours only has to be douchey. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but uh, imagine the constraints. Uh, of course, people's, uh, I think it speaks to the fact that people's attention spans were always short and that jump editing was always the, the order of the day uh, once it got done. Uh, in any case, uh, Gregory LaCava um, uh, used to uh, improvise on the set with the actors and, and jazz like that. He also drank uh, somewhat close to an avalanche of alcohol. His best friend, let me put it this way, was W.C. Fields. I don't think you really have to... I'm not making a value judgment. I'm saying that friends are very difficult to come by in this town. And then if you find you have something in common with someone, it's almost imperative that you spend some time with them, quality time. I know. I love you, too. And this part's pure class. Never let them look behind the curtain, Greg, and never speak off the mic during an audio podcast. Two rules I learned early on. I was born in a trunk. Not in show business. I was simply born in a trunk. Well, more like found. It was not found. I mean, I think I was left there, but there's reasons, you know, with, with an explanation. Part of why I'm so hunchy tonight is not that the weight of the world is falling down upon me, as 2014 has been a mixed bag. Some glorious entertainment, unforgettable entertainment, as well as some of the most horrible things that ever happened in the history of humanity, uh, all sprung on us in one year. But I think probably the most uh, significant thing for me, and I'm sure for you as Greg Proops Film Club, uh, dare I say it, devotees, uh, is that you may have noticed uh, keen-eyed viewers uh, who are sitting in this darkened room here in the Fairfax district uh, next to, in between what can only be described as a, a place where people spend their last few golden moments before passing off this realm in the midst of madness and a, 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 a hostel where uh, every manner of random Scandinavian is in a, a, state of, a state of undress and preparing to play an acoustic guitar jam that is so loud it will bleed through during the movie. Sometimes they have open mic wailing night. And uh, then down the street, of course, there you'll find young men in their 20s and 30s spending upwards of two to $300 on a pair of uh, athletic shoes for themselves to distinguish themselves from all the other guys in line who are doing the same thing and to make sure that their personality is singular in the sight of uh, our Lord, uh, Stan Smith. And so as we find ourselves here, uh, what was the point of this, Greg? I'm getting to it. Uh, initially, uh, it hit me that uh, uh, now I've completely lost the thread, and I blame you. I really do. <laughs> a lot of comics would take responsibility for their own show and say, no, that you should have followed on what you started at the beginning uh, because you had an idea of what you were going to talk about. But I say, you know what? Fuck you. Uh, you come to this show and you lay all these expectations on me, and, and all of a sudden it's my dick that's getting measured here and shit. Fuck you, film goer. Uh, no. My point is, of devotees of the Greg Proops Film Club, uh, you'll certainly recognize that um, 
I still have forgotten the thread. I thought I could circle back on it. I really did. I thought I could lasso it as it rolled by. I thought if I set the thing in motion one more time, I could see it. But instead, it was just a blinking green light slightly out of reach. Fucking good movie, though, this one. And because I'm a, a diligent uh, studier of uh, the cinematic uh, crafts, uh, I have two things to say. One, um, uh, the, there's you can get, you can watch it for free at home uh, for those of you who are listening out there and have downloaded it. Uh, it's on um, uh, www.snagfilms.com. Stroke films. Stroke title. Stroke my man Godfrey. Actually, it's my understroke. Or what do they call those? Score. Score? Underscore. Well, every, he's up. <laughs> wow, how attentive you are to everything that happens on your phone and computer. <laughs> you know, when I'm doing sand drawings at my house in the afternoon, I smoke a strawberry hookah and I wear a little, uh, a, a little tank top that has rainbows on it. And it allows me to commune with other people. Oh, the very ones you said at the beginning you need a drink to guard yourself against? Yes, those people. Because people are the miasma and the garden. Uh, people are like Kilauea. Scary, but every once in a while they explode and they're all over you. And uh, as I do these things in my yard, I realize that uh, the phone is uh, but a scutcheon and uh, only a, a tool. The phone does not write the fucking symphony. The symphony gets ridded uh, up inside Beethoven's globe and you are only the conduit with which Van Morrison uh, writes a Christmas song <laughs> title uh, my underscore man underscore Godfrey uh, snag films I guess it's called and it looked like a good uh, a good version uh, I'm trying to get people free versions to watch over the interweb so that you don't have to pay for it one and two uh, when you're listening to this uh, show you can quick flip over and you should queue it up now because uh, we're getting ready to launch here you still haven't remembered it I kind of did um, yeah it is sorry I was answering something that was on my phone that was terribly rude of me um, but I did it verbally which made no sense at all so the person who actually asked it to me in a text form is going to have to wait because I actually said yes it is to the phone because I think I'm in a Star Trek episode from the 60s where they would go computer and the computer would go yeah or whatever and you'd be like computer and then be like yeah and then why not um I was just excited to see DeForest Kelly at work. I mean, I love Night of the Lepus. Shut up! How does, does anyone know how to make the, um, uh, your phone die? I dropped, I was going to say, I dropped uh, an old one in a toilet once, but it was a razor. Do you remember the razor? And I had to go to a place. Talk about Christmas. I went in a sleigh, and Cleavon Little was driving that sleigh. It was, it was very much like the first Walton's episode. It was pretty interesting. Uh, when I got there, Ralph Waite was there, and we had uh, Nog and Cider and whatnot. That was what I meant to say at the beginning. Um, there's not a lot of holiday times when egg-based drinks come to the fore. <laughs> Halloween doesn't have, like, scary egg thing. But at Christmas, you're actually expected... The Jews knew everything about Christmas. First of all, they invented it. Two, they wrote all the carols. Three, egg cream, 
which has no eggs, nor does it have any cream at all. If an eggnog was like an egg cream, refreshing and slightly chocolatey, uh, with some Fox's You Bet syrup in it and whatnot, then you'd be like, this is the best Christmas ever. Instead of, I hate my Uncle Ralph. I hate him. Why does he have to say N-bomb and shit like that when we're trying to have fun? I don't want to watch the Lions lose again. I hate Christmas. hate it. These socks blow. They're itchy. Right? Instead of, oh, I love those kind of chocolates. They went to see his candy and they got me a whole box of dark Bordeaux. Thank you. I thought I might fall on deaf ears, but a dude in the back went, oh, yeah. (laughs) There's only one reaction to a dark Bordeaux reference, and it's, oh, yeah. William Powell uh, lived to make thousands and thousands of movies. Carol Lombard, of course, uh, was seized from our realm and taken to visit the heavens earlier uh, than most 40s actresses. You will find, however, she's most energetic and uh, wildly athletic. What I was going to get at was this, and finally I've remembered it. Um, The table that I'm sitting at now, for the sharp-eyed viewers, you might have noticed is a little bit lower than usual. That's because this is a a card table, much like the kind you found in um, guys' houses in the 70s when they lived alone. And uh, they often had pot parties and whatnot and ordered pizza. Uh, Also, what will happen to the gigantic, majestic wooden uh, table that was made of the uh, richest ebony uh, hewn from the forest of Sumatra? Well, I shall be frank. Uh, There was a Robert Downey Festival uh, in the recent past here at the Cine Family. Uh, located in the gracious uh, Tennessee district. And evidently, what used to be the storage area outside, and we laughingly refer to it as a storage area, this is what L.A. is all about. I've got a bunch of junk, but I don't have any room for it inside. So I'm going to put it outside because it never fucking rains, except for the two weeks that it rains, like the fucking Bible was never written. Those two weeks that it rains, where all of a sudden you're like, my fish drowned. How did that happen? My fish has been swimming in this paltry-ass pond for two and a half years, and it died. I came out, and it was belly up, and there was a fresca can next to it. That's how long it hadn't rained since. There was a fresca can wedged in the mud at the bottom, and that fish has given me the eye. So the table that I usually perform at here, or, or uh, you know, uh, to be honest, the show, as I've said before, really oughtn't be an audio show that you download uh, on your MP3 device, because it's always 2002 when I rock the mic. <laughs> the show should be chiseled in marble and put in the town square on a plinth. <laughs> So that Demosthenes and all the other Greek filmmakers can look at it when they get a fucking chance. A rance, a rance. So they put the table out in the alley, purportedly for storage, but really just to fucking out of sight, out of mind until whatever. And evidently, and this is L.A. in a nutshell, or L.A. in a whatever shell. L.A. doesn't really have nuts. It has husks that fall from palm trees, and they explode sometimes, and they hurt sometimes, and you run over them sometimes, and sometimes they just lay there for fucking weeks. Uh, a lot of this is what people don't tell people from the Midwest and the South when they move to L.A. L.A. is full of foliage that's on the ground. <laughs> and occasionally wild animals that have no business being seen on city streets. I've never, I've gone to New York a lot of times in Chicago. I've never seen a coyote in New York. <laughs> I've seen a coyote near here, like a block away. You know what I mean? A coyote. A fucking coyote. Coyote. 
You don't go to Chicago and there's like a possum in front of your hotel. But yet there's possums here in front of Canners. I saw a possum in front of Canners eating a chocolate babka. I now give you the 1936 classic, My Man Godfrey. Wow, what a swell picture. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and don't you love that romance triumphs at the end? It's not really so much that the capitalist system is impugned as that he is worn down. <laughs> he can no longer resist her obvious charms at the end of two hours, which is something she knew from the beginning. Uh, and he, as a man, had to learn. Uh, like in all romances. Did anyone catch Carol Lombard's frame? Ouch! Right? She's a total athlete. Oh, yeah. No, you could put her in a bowl of guacamole. Uh, she has got fiber. I, we wanted to show this picture for several reasons. One, because it's delightful. Two, um, at this season of giving... Uh, on this particular year in 2014 where it's become unbelievably obvious that the 1% uh, has no chuck with helping any other human uh, on the face of the earth and that this has been really one of the most revolting years. Uh, Let me put it this way. Uh, During the Christmas season, Dick Cheney came on TV to support torture. So that'll tell you everything you need to know about how the rich feel about the rest of us. So I thought it would be fun. Uh, Jennifer said, let's show this picture because this is a picture that shows uh, rich people. Obviously, he saves them at the end, and and they're redeemed by their own sense of conscience. Even the mother almost has a moment of self-actualization when she realizes that Carlo's gone through the window and that maybe things will be a little different. Uh, And and, uh, their their own venality venality is uh, uh, surpassed by their um, zany madcap behavior. Which is their saving grace. If this is a Frank Capra movie, he marries the maid. Um, if the, right? If this is a Preston Sturges movie, they all get in a plane. And fly away. If it's a George Stevens movie, she ends up on the cover of a magazine and he gets his own radio show. Uh, but it's not. It's a Gregory LaCava movie, so she wins and they get married. It'll all be over in a minute. The entire depression is solved. Uh, the idea, I like when he says, what are the dividends? Tommy, the British guy. And he goes, uh, Tommy. He goes, uh, 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 50 men are, uh, have housing and 50 men are employed during the summer. And isn't that enough, right? And like, um, thank you for someone laughed in the back. That's the fallacy of this movie because um, no person of wealth has ever thought that way. <laughs> What about Bill Gates and Warren Buffett? Really? Really? We're at a medieval level right now where uh, the, the people who have all the money in the world are about this many people and then there's everyone else in the fucking world. And believe me, there's enough money to solve every problem in the world if those people who had the money would spend that money. But they're not fucking going to. And that's why we have to have movies. <laughs> To help us get through each day. And alcohol. And all the things that we have. Candy, whatnot. Uh, and each other. Because we're going to help. Uh, I was reading something today um, uh, by Rebecca Solnit, who's a San Francisco author. Normally this is where we have a discussion. But fuck it. I'll do some talking tonight. And then we'll all fuck off. 
Rebecca Solon is an author from San Francisco, and she was quoting uh, something Ursula K. Le Guin said. Now, Ursula K. Le Guin is a noted uh, author who wrote a lot of science fiction and a, and a very uh, cagey and candid woman. And she said, uh, canny woman, rather, not cagey. Um, she said, uh, uh, once upon a time, it was impossible for anyone to believe that the age of the divine right of kings would ever end. But it fucking did end. And Rebecca Solnit's point in the article she wrote was that uh, this age, the gilded age, the divine age of the entrepreneur and those who own money and don't do anything, uh, this too will end. How will it end, Greg? Because one, uh, nature will take its course. Uh, The brontosaurus once dominated the Los Angeles area. Uh, And secondly, uh, you've seen what's happened this year. And the most exciting thing that's happened this year is that all around uh, the world, including uh, here in Los Angeles, uh, people um, have uh, got the news, and, uh, and that's enough. Um, no one believes anymore. Uh, I mean, there's always going to be you know, the defenders uh, uh, who will stand up and straight up defend racism, brutality, uh, inequality, and um, uh, inequity in the world. Uh, they're being paid to, and they're part of the bought and sold uh, co-opting that is humanity. So many of us are so willing to uh, bite off a big hunk of, uh, if you'll pardon the expression, dick, and, uh, and, and, and gnaw on that uh, vigorously in, in order that each day may be more comfortable. I, I'm familiar with that as anyone else. Uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, you've seen that the entire world is uh, completely up in arms over the state of things. And, uh, and I think that's the beginning of the end. Um, the rich need to look uh, behind them at all times because the sound, uh, the sound that they're going to hear is uh, the grinding stone sharpening the guillotines, and, uh, uh, whether they're metaphorical or real. And, uh, and I, I think that's what gives me hope to carry on uh, each day uh, <laughs> when I wake up in my dolorous haze. I thank you very much for coming out. And I will be back next month. I don't know what movie it'll be, and I don't know what date it'll be, but it'll probably be Igby Goes Down, and it'll be in January. Thank you very much for coming to the Grand Poop Film Club. Good night, everybody.